We are here because we are dedicated to helping members of our community build lean, strong bodies and confident, resilient minds. Determined to elevate the lives of working professionals, stay-at-home parents, and anyone who is ready to level up their life. Our invigorating group fitness classes, practical nutrition programs, and authentic coaches help ignite your life. Find a place that believes in you. Find a place that challenges you. Find CrossFit South. Welcome back to the Southpaw Spotlight. I'm Nick Bach. I'm here with Dana, our new coach. Uh, episode 20, we were just talking about. So landmark day, I guess, guys. Um, we are excited to have her here, excited to give you a look into kind of Dana's life, uh, some of what she's done, but really we're going to focus a lot on pull-ups. Right now in Southpaw, we are uh, building up towards Murph, an annual event uh, that we do. There are a lot of pull-ups in the workout. They're kipping pull-ups traditionally, and we'll talk a little bit about some of that nuance and also how we're using a strict pull-up program uh, to help build towards what we're going to be doing there. So Dana, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about uh, what, how you ended up where you are right now at Southpaw. I know some of the story, but hum humor us, uh, us listeners. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, actually. Um, so I've been in the CrossFit world now, um, I want to say for 10, almost 10 years. Um, I want to, I think my first open was in 2013. So wow. um, I know to think about it in that way is pretty crazy. So um, obviously didn't start off as a coach or anything like that. Started off as a fairly, well, not at all fit not, I would never consider myself an athlete, um, but definitely found like a home in fitness through CrossFit. Um, and I was a teacher for a long time when I started CrossFitting, I was a teacher. Um, and just the way, you know, like my life was going the way teaching was going. And, you know, I lived in Chicago. Um, it just became a natural progression to start part-time coaching. Um, and eventually that evolved into a more full-time career, which, um, I absolutely love, um, it fits exactly with what I've always kind of wanted to do, which was reach people somehow. Um, I just changed it from, you know, kids to adults and music to fitness. So, um, I think in a lot of ways, we're all, every profession is in a sense, uh, when I don't want to say when done correctly, but when done from a place of passion is in, in a sense, a, a teaching role, right? Like an auto mechanic, maybe they don't teach you how the car works, but they, uh, help you understand what the work that they're doing. Right. And so I think this role of teaching globally, uh, is, uh, it springs from a place of, of, you know, passion and wanting to be of service in some way. Oh, absolutely. You know, like when you have something that like you love and your life you just want to like share that with people um you know and that was what I did with music you know I'd been in music forever so I was like why not bring this to other people and when fitness really changed my life the way it did I was like why not be a part of bringing that to other people too so definitely a big I 100% agree like when you have this that passion it's about total tangent but the uh there's a lot of cool research on the relationship between music and exercise both trigger parts of the subconscious brain, right? It's kind of this, uh, you're acting intentionally, but almost without thought. And I think it's, it's neat to think about that relationship as both can be forms of kind of stress release is a buzzword, but, um, Oh, absolutely. I can imagine just like the, like 
serotonin release in the brain of like what that does like physically um, through music and like physical fitness moving. So that is pretty cool. I cut you off and I haven't let you finish yet, but I I do want to hit on one thing that I think is an important uh, kind of distinction to make in the language that you use was really interesting. You said that when you started, you didn't, uh, you didn't identify or your, um, I think the language you used was your identity wasn't that you were an athlete. Right. And did you find that? I think a lot of times one of the shifts that comes with going to a, a higher priced or higher tier gym is that part of it is that you are reframing your identity and who you are, and you're becoming someone who does fit type activities, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like when I started, I would have never identified myself as someone who had any sort of fitness level at all. Um, and then the longer I was in it, you start to change your identity as I am capable of doing something like this. Um, at, and in some instances, depending on what it is at a high skill or at a high level, um, would I consider myself an athlete now? Uh, probably, I don't know. Like I found it was read something interesting on Instagram. I want to say it was actually probably Stu um, mm-hmm. that he posted the other day. And it was just like you, like the mindset of like um, training athletes versus training people to be athletic. Um, yes. And I like that thought. And I think that's like where I would probably go along with that. Like I would not necessarily categorize myself as an athlete, but I am athletic and I have those abilities. Yeah. And I think it's more of an identity of, of fitness in a sense, or just a, a fit lifestyle. Right. And that can be extrapolated in many different directions. Absolutely. So I think athlete, you're absolutely correct. And I think the nuances of language can be very important like that, but just generally that, you know, people like me do things like this. Um, the Seth Godin quote, right? Like you identify with a group of people because they're your, your tribe. They do things similar to the way you do. They are aware of what they're eating and putting into their bodies. They prioritize a, a, a physical practice, uh, you know, and there are other lifestyle kind of habits and nuances that I think when people join a, a gym like Southpaw, they start to adopt those without even really thinking about it because it just becomes integrated into their life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a team mindset, even though CrossFit isn't a team per se, um, it definitely gets that like mindset of like, if you know, like we're all in this together and if we're all successful, if we're all successful and if one person's not, then we need to, you know, help. So I think that's definitely a very good, um, like, analogy as far as what we do. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I I think the more that I live, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, the, the more I realize that there are moments that all of us individually fail or not even fail to label it, but like experience adversity and need the support of others. And it's that pack mentality, because there's going to be someone who's having a great day and there's someone who's not. And if we can combine those two, it can help you press through those times. It's, it's often not the people who are having a great day who end up falling off. It's the people who are having the bad day. And we all have those periodically and having that community to bolster you and kind of keep you going can be such a huge part of developing that, um, that addition or supplement to your identity of of who you are and what is important to you. Absolutely. I'm going to just add to this little tangent, but it's just like, I think, you know, like in our Southpaw squad group, I posted this because I saw it again on Instagram, but it was just like a place like Southpaw or, you know, a gym like us is like, it's the one time a day where like, we're just going to like 
we're around people that are just going to fully support us for whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. And how many of us don't necessarily get that outside of a space like that, you know, and to have other adults, other people um, just supporting us because we're us is um, a huge um, mental like support even. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I think a lot of times in, in the middle of life, we, are in a very um, underappreciated spot where life becomes about our kids or about our parents, right? The beginning and kind of end of life. And we're in this kind of twilight zone and it's very easy to just start going through the motions. And in my own journey, there was, there was something missing. There was something hollow and uh, CrossFit, CrossFit didn't fill the void itself, but it enabled me to begin filling that void. It gave me a kind of a sense of purpose outside of what at that point was my career, or it it gave me a place where I was able to be myself and people recognized me for me and celebrated what I was able to do, which just, it allowed me to relieve the pressure inside. Like I felt like I belonged. Yeah, absolutely. And that sense of belonging is not something we always get as an adult. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like as kids, we can find it a lot easier, you know, with classmates and things, but we end up so isolated sometimes in our jobs, in our homes, in our lives that like this builds upon that. And it's um, a super positive environment. Mm -hmm. The, uh, (laughs) we have gone on some tangents today. (laughs) Uh, bringing it back to the, the pull-ups and yeah, this, we go from this big <laughs> philosophical thing to bring it down close. Uh, and this is more in the nitty gritty of kind of what we do and what we think about behind the scenes. But I wanted to start this by just asking you what, uh, why pull-ups? What's the big deal with, with pull-ups or why are those important to include in a program? Um, so I'm going to kind of go off on like two parts for that. Um, Why pull-ups, particularly now, um, especially in a CrossFit setting, we tend to lean more towards a kipping type pull-up and we're focusing on strict pull-ups right now. But why, like right now, especially like let's talk in our sense, um, we're coming off the open. Um, we always know that that last workout in the open is going to be a high skill gymnastics movement. It's been since I can remember. Um, and that's where a lot of people start to get frustrated. Like they can maybe crush the first couple of workouts. And now they're at a point where, um, they're not going to be as successful because of the skill that they do not have. Um, so we're taking that like frustration, which can be a really good motivator sometimes, um, and looking ahead to where we're going to have another similar moment in a couple of months with Murph, you know, people looking at, I have to do a hundred pull-ups and I can't even do one. What do you want me to do here? Um, so trying to like build some support and build some strength into, um, getting that like over that like hump of like, what can I do? Um, and how do I make this work for me? Um, You transform a frustration into a victory. Yes, absolutely. And like, that's, um, so much of what we do in fitness, because whether we start, you know, with nothing or we start with some sort of background. Um, but as far as why pull-ups, um, I think it's probably one of the more overlooked, strength exercises. Um, and I'll say that I think that's because there's a mindset, especially in CrossFit, where we look at pull-ups as more of a skill 
than a strength. Um, because, and especially I think that's because we tend to do a lot more kipping pull-up movements. Um, and that then evolves into butterfly, chest to bars, bar muscle-ups. So we have this mental association with the pull-up being a skill. Um, and the skills tend to be where I think people mentally start to break down. Like, this is hard for me. Um, I can't, I just can't do it. You know, whether that's handstands, double unders, things like that. And like, there's a mental block with skills, I think more than strength. Yeah. Strength is looked at as something that can kind of progressively be worked on versus skill is almost like you have it or you don't. And there's a big overlap. Both are necessary, but not sufficient. And I, one thing that I think is important to uh, point out here is that, CrossFit traditionally did, it, it introduced the kipping pull-up into the fitness landscape and was revolutionary in that sense. And I personally believe that they're, they're both good for different reasons. They're just, they're, they're different. It's, it's apples and oranges, but we have noticed at, at Southpaw that just doing kipping, um, can often lead to more, um, kind of injuries than it it does to success. And so really having a foundation of strict pull-ups to allow you to use the kipping, uh, to do more metabolic style movements, to help build up the metabolism, all of that stuff, uh, is really important to what we do and a big distinction between the traditional classic CrossFit methodology, and then what we practice in the gym. A hundred percent. And I, I would even, you know, like, I wouldn't say that that like injury ratio with kipping pull-ups is unique to Southpaw. It's something that I've seen throughout CrossFit for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's again, kind of just going back to like, I need to have this prerequisite strength to make this more dynamic. Um, it's just like any other strength movement. If you were doing, um, you know, like let's say cleans, power cleans in class, we've spent so much time in a technique and weight building session, you know, in the first 20, 30 minutes of class, you know, working on technique, working on building that strength. And then we break it down into a Metcon where we can move faster. And this, if that mental idea of pull-ups is kind of the same thing, I think we can grow um, out of that. I can't do this mindset. Let's focus on these strict pull-ups so we can do it in this different setting. Part of the reason that I, I think this is a little bit of a tangent, but I was thinking about why do we include things like pull-ups or cleans in, in a Metcon, in a metabolic conditioning? And if you look at the traditional gym model, you're going to be doing, you know, your four by 10 bench press, then you're going to do a, a split set of, you know, hammer curls and tricep extensions or whatever it is. And then you're going to go do 20 minutes of cardio on the stair step or whatever. And essentially what, what we do is we, we say that those, those more strength-based movements don't have to be limited to a strength section. And when you get into the cardiovascular metabolic uh, uh, session that you're going to be doing, um, if you're just running, for instance, I used to be a runner, my body was getting the signal that it just needs to be small, right? It needs to carry as less weight as possible because that's going to allow me to get through these distances easier. If we're incorporating these strength-based movements, my bustle, my, my, body is now getting the message that I need to be lean and robust. I need to be able to move through uh, different uh, metabolic pathways, be able to accommodate different loads as I go through this, which is much more functional to our overall lifestyle. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, 
there is crossover. And a lot of times, um, you know, I think that's where a lot of people fail to see that, whether they're in the CrossFit realm or, you know, not, um, the benefit to having both and then being able to combine them um, in a setting like we do. Yeah. You've run this particular pull-up program before. Tell me a little bit about your experiences with it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've updated it, you know, as I've gone just to see what worked and what hasn't worked. Um, the experience with it was um, kind of twofold in the sense that, like, it's not um, the most glamorous thing in the entire world. Um, when members start to see things, you know, for the second or third time a week or see it again a week after week for a certain period of time, it gets a little tedious. Um, and so it's really hard in some instances to keep, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, people really bought into it, you yeah. know, rather than just it's like practicing it. scales when you want to just go perform on stage. Right. Uh, exactly. That's a great analogy. And it's, um, so like, that's really the downfall of a program like this. Um, because it, you know, it's not like throwing a bunch of weight on our back, you know, for a back squat, you know, program or something like that. It's mm -hmm. a little bit something that's going to challenge people in a very different way. Mm -hmm. um, and as human beings, we don't like to be regularly challenged something, you know, like we like yeah. to Could be a little bit easier and like what we're good at. Um, so that's like a downfall, I will say of this, but I have seen it um, be very successful for the people that really buy into it. Um, from the standpoint of someone, um, and I've explained this in class, and these are the results that I've seen, is just like moving even just down to a lighter band, you know, like we encourage the banded pull-ups. So going from a green to a purple is huge. Getting your first pull-up, or I had even talked to, um, you know, two people yesterday, and I was in the, we did our, Matt Connie yesterday had 50 pull-ups in it. And like the fact that we've just been doing this for two weeks, that their capacity in a kipping pull-up has already um, felt a lot stronger. So um, the skill transfer to things like rope climbs uh, or even cleans, the, this grip strength, the ability to, to pull is, is huge in, in a lot of these movements that we do and just bolstering that. Oh yeah. It transfers to so much because, um, when we engage our back, when we engage our lats, we use that for almost every lift that we do back squat, deadlift cleans. Um, so if, even if pull-ups isn't your jam and those barbell movements are, it's going to transfer and help those as well. Mm -hmm. And I think Dana, you, you hit a, a really good point with that first one that this, it can be kind of defeating to do, or it's not as glamorous or, or, or sexy as some of the movements or programs that are out there. And I think that's really where uh, we look at the concept of kind of niching in the people who are attracted to a gym like Southpaw are people generally who want to see what the, the results that they're getting. They don't just want to go to a gym. The gym just says, Hey, we're going to do workouts every day. And, you know, the results are behind this black sheet here. You can't really see them, but just know that they're there. We have a very tangible way of doing that and assessing where you're going. So if that's something that, that people have struggled with, you know, they, they've been working out for years, they've tried, you know, going to the boxing gym down the street, the body shaping gym, the yoga, whatever, but they don't, they get bored after a while because they're just doing the same thing over and over. And it's almost like, where's, where's the ship going? I think that's really, we offer a, a direction for that. And that's why some of these programs can be really valuable. Once you've been through one and you're like, 
hey, this stuff can work. I can really start to see tangible results from it. You start feeling better. You start seeing the, your, your progress, your numbers go in the right direction. And it's super cool to see that on the other end. Absolutely. Um, and it's just, you know, with the CrossFit, we're constantly varied and things are different from a day-to-day thing. So when we start seeing things that are similar on a regular, like, other day basis or multiple times throughout the week, it kind of goes against what we've um, built as CrossFit. Um, so it's kind of going back to that like general fitness mentality of how to progress mm-hmm. through something. Well, and that's what I think is, is also counterintuitive is that if we're c- used to this constant variance and we're varying things all the time, if we stop some of that variance, if we start including something, you know, two days in a row or every other day that is by definition varied. Right. And that's where I like the breakdown of, of varied versus random, right. It's not randomized. There's an intentionality behind it. There's a linear progression. And this is stuff that's been tested for years over and over by a lot of um, high level athletes across a broad spectrum of athletes to demonstrate how to get from point A to point B. You know, just like going through a math textbook, you need to learn addition and subtraction before you can get into multiplication. Right. And, and so it's, it's just that mindset of like where, you know, we actually are compared to like what is advertised as, you know, CrossFit and vernacular and things like that. So, yeah. Do you, um, what would you say to somebody who, um, and this is a little, I know that back pain generally manifests in lower back, but somebody who says that they're, you know, they're experiencing back or shoulder pain and they don't, they can't do pull-ups. And I know that there's, there's, there could be medical things going on as well, but somebody let's say who has been fairly dormant for the past 10 years and they start to feel tension in their rotator cuff and thoracic spine, uh, maybe from sitting all day or whatever, and they think they need to back off more. What, how could something like pull-ups help them? Yeah. Well, I mean, in your example, specifically, you know, someone that sits all day and things like that, we're in this flexion position consistently, you know, um, where our back is rounded. So, I mean, obviously aside from assessments and things like that, what I would, you know, like the opposite is going to only do us better is like opening that back and opening that chest. Um, so even though they may experience certain pains and certain ranges of motion for a pull up, there's always going to be options. Um, you know, like whether it's the pull part that, you know, causes the pain, um, even if it's an overhead, we could always move into a different position of like a ring row, um, mm-hmm. where we can still build that strength. We're just now in a different pull position. Um, and this gets into kind keep, of what we, oh, sorry, go ahead. But I would say like from there, it's like to keep moving, find what we can do and build from there because in a situation that I feel like you're describing, um, rest and not doing something is not going to help. Um, it's only going to continue to stay that way and always hurt in that range of motion unless we do something about it. Until we start to kind of improve the strength in those regions. Absolutely. The, um, and this is kind of generally how as coaches, we look at this is that each day, each workout that we have, uh, we have one workout that every class will do that day. And there's an intention behind it and what we're looking for. And so maybe we have a class of 10 people 
seven of them can do more of a, more or less a traditional pull-up, maybe with band assist, whatever, a, a vertical pull, as we would call it. And three of them uh, start to experience something, some sort of, you know, discomfort there. That's where we would, we look at them and try to find a movement that, that produces a similar stimulus, but we can do so uh, pain-free or, or relatively pain-free, right? Um, and it allows us to very quickly go through and, and make sure that the whole class is, is in this uh, kind of symbiotic um, understanding of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish that day. And it's cool to see that because then the person who uh, may, uh, you know, who, who came off the couch, you know, they were sitting on the couch for 10 years versus the person who's been regularly going to a, a global gym down the street, they can be doing the same type of workout, the same rep schemes, just at different levels um, and still gaining the benefit from that. Absolutely. And there, and that's, I think there's kind of going back to the initial start of our conversation. I think that's sometimes where, um, people kind of get frustrated with a pull-up as well is because there are variances, our modifications can look very different in mm -hmm. a pull-up um, to where like, if so, I'm just gonna continue to go with the back squat since that's what I've talked yeah. about is if there needs to be modifications to a back squat, it looks very similar to what other people are doing. Um, whether that's lightening the load on the bar um, squatting to a box or something like that, the, it still looks very similar to what the rest of the class is doing. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes that's where people get discouraged when they don't have um, that pull-up range is because mm -hmm. what they're doing now looks different than a lot of the class. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, even though the rest of the class is going to support them in that, like we've talked about, it's there's that inner, like, I don't want to do this. Exactly. I want to be able to do that. Um, and it's hard to say, but this is what I have to do mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. Um, but doing those things is only going to be a benefit yeah. and to get you to that point. I think that's where it, it, it get goes back to culture, right? Like if you have a culture that supports people who may be doing something that looks different, right? And it still is challenging on an individual level, but making it okay for that to happen and allowing them to kind of breathe or, or release in that situation. And gymnastics generally, pull-ups being, you know, pull-ups, push-ups being some of the more common ones that we see um, are harder to modify than weightlifting movements in, in some regards because of, uh, it's going to require us to get more creative with the, the, the methods of implementation. Absolutely. And that's like what I love about like this pull-up program is it can reach everybody, no matter the skill level that you're at. And then it's creating that celebration um, for whatever your end result is, um, whether that's getting your first pull-up or doing your first 10 or doing your first one on a band. Um, that's all progress and that all should be celebrated equally. Yeah. Well, Dana, this is great. I, I really appreciate your time today. And uh, I'm really excited. I've been doing every day of the pull-up program. I have never done one before, so I'm really excited to see where this goes. And I know a lot of the members are excited about it as well. Um, is there anything else that you want to share or say? Um, well, we're just nearing the end of this pull-up program. And I think we're in week three already. So um, I'm super excited to see um, the work everyone's been putting in and see what we can get out of it. Awesome. Well, Dana, thanks so much. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll catch you up at the gym soon. Absolutely. Take care.